This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Tribe of Two, the officially unofficial podcast for The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about season three, episode two, chapter 18, The Minds of Mandalore. Who would have guessed that in episode two, we would already be at the Minds of Mandalore? I was kind of blown away myself. (laughs) They must have taken some of the criticism they got about side quests to heart uh, from the previous seasons because they put us on zero side quests. And I thought the IGA 11 thing was going to be a huge distraction this season. Apparently not. Apparently, he doesn't actually care about IG-11. It's really just about having a droid who can spelunk and R5 is D4 is good enough. Yeah, I, I wonder if the IG-11 is going to come back at the end of the season uh, because it does feel wild to, to have him insist that this is the only droid he can trust. And and for good, I mean, you know, he tries to trust his R5 and it's, it's a waste of money. Mm-hmm. waste mm-hmm. of money he should have gone down there himself anyway um but it was not a waste of plot because man we we trucked along in this episode we've already bathed in the waters i mean he's officially by my judgment a mandalorian again damn near drowned in him yeah i don't know mm-hmm. if, does he have to take the state of full creed because he, he went uh, the i don't think the, the oh. last few paragraphs of the creed of mandalore go glug glug choke <laughs> choke gasp he said him on the way down I mean, his helmet sealed. He's yeah. He was gotcha, gotcha. He's wanted to make sure he died a Mandalore. Ian, uh, I'm not so like if a Mandalore falls in the water without his jetpack, he's just dead. He's just a dead man. Apparently, yeah. At least the uh, best car that Mandalorian. That that fucking heavy, huh? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I guess so. I don't know. Anyway, I was pleasantly surprised that we'd not go on a bunch of side quests. Uh, so. Not a bad episode, in my opinion. It was fun. It was uh, a little bit of danger for a little baby Grogu. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see where they take Bo-Katan, Bo-Katan in, in the next few episodes, the rest of the season, because she seems to be interested in this whole oath thing. Mando's got her perhaps questioning her lack of faith. Hmm. Maybe she's finding it disturbing now. Yeah, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. I thought it's exactly yeah. what I uh with my my expectations out of season one, this is exactly what I hope Mandalorian the Mandalorian can be. It's it's family friendly entertainment, but it doesn't insult my intelligence. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. Uh like you said, it's got the perfect blend of excitement, uh, you know, excitement and danger, um, mystery. Mm-hmm. Uh doesn't help that Katie Sackoff is in it and she's just super freaking cute and I'm already shipping her and the Mando. I want <laughs> her to rule as the queen of Mandalore and I want him to be her prince consort. Uh, I see attractive people. Off. Well, you know, she's going to have to break him out of this whole Mandalore, this whole ch- uh, child. She's going to have to. <laughs> I think know, she's this, failing, man. The uh, ch- children, children's watch or she's going to turn him into a man's watch or something. I, I don't know. Because uh, mm-hmm. that's a bummer. That's a bummer. Uh, do they not even take their helmets off to their mates? The Mandalorians fuck with their they helmets must, on? They must not. I, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, you're right. It doesn't say anything about taking your cod piece off. You take that off all you want. It's I've heard of using protection, but this is ridiculous. Uh, I <laughs> I think that, uh, I don't know. I I, I, I can't help. I, I see two attractive people that look like they'd be a fun couple, and I start to ship them. It's a sure. weakness of mine. Um, it does feel like, um, and someone in in the feedback uh, suggested as much. It does, and, I, and this is have we ever talked about this before that the Mandalorian the title we're referring to is in fact Grogu. Uh possibly when he got his chainmail like, Beskar shirt or whatever. He, yeah. he had the chainmail Beskar shirt. I thought sure that he was going to find the child size helmet when he started picking up helmets off the floor and that would, mm, you know, and yeah, yeah. he keeps on referring to is like our people, our home world. Our... 
he and and I was I you know I I know I don't like to do this a lot, but I actually got on Wikipedia. I read some of the shit that uh, is in the in the tomes, and mm-hmm. apparently, uh, a foundling is considered a full Mandalorian okay. uh, until they hmm. become of age, in which point they can choose to become a Mandalore or they can choose to leave the life. Um, gotcha. But it does seem like the Mandalorians are painted as this like really fractured people. They have this kind of egalitarian society where if you are the foundling and you can be every bit as Mandalore as anybody else, as long as you keep to the whatever creed that the 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 bulk of Mandalores follow, and that he could be some kind of unifying uh, force, literally. Oh, and there's okay. also the talk of, of like the the Jedi and the Mandalore's kind of fractured relationship. And this would yeah, literally yeah. be the marriage of that and the one being. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I, like I said, I, I think the, the shape of the story is interesting. I, I like the, the religious struggles going in both directions. Uh, the debate about what tradition yeah. and, and the mysticism and myth and legend have to play in a society. Um, and the show just like, it's this show's fun to look at, like uh, mm-hmm. Mando taking mm-hmm. off the in one starfighter on Boon to Eve surrounded by fireworks just looks great. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy Pally Mott motto uh, doing her running her scams. Yeah. Uh, her rackets on, on Rodians and it's, it's shit like that. Not, hilarious but it's it's funny and it's not yeah, her stepping into bantha shit or stuff like that it's it's uh i dig I, it the only objection i have to grogu being the mandalorian is how does he put the helmet on those ears man those ears it's gonna look I real mean, silly with with the beskar helmet that he's gonna have to wear is gonna have these gigantic ears coming off of it any more ridiculous than the one kid who's, you know, long hair was sticking out of his helmet like some kind of hippie, <laughs> goddamn space hippie. Slightly, sure. And when, and when the helmet seals and the tips of Grogu's ears roll out of it because uh-huh. they're cauterized off, like we discussed last episode, <laughs> that'd be horrific. That'd be horrific, Jim. No one wants yeah. to see that. Uh, I would suggest that they um, make a Mandalorian helmet that has holes on the side and his ears to stick out. Well, that's technically part of your helmet is off. I don't think that's allowable. I think it's got to cover the whole head, including the ears. Oh, seeing ears is intimate, huh? Oh yeah. I mean, some say that's even sexier than seeing the whole face. Especially for a Yoda species. Mm -hmm. That's a big part of their appeal. (laughs) (laughs) The lobes, the lobes. (laughs) We've gone too far with this. Uh, Let's get into the recap. Yeah, let's do it. Do not remove your helmet. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the way back to the podcast because here's more tribe of two. Start off with, uh, like I said, Pelly running a Jawa parts scavenging racket on a Rodian. Uh, Mando stops by and asks her for help finding the memory circuit for IG 11. She doesn't have one, but she does manage to sell him on, on buying R five D four. And then they take off for their adventures. Uh, why does he buy R5-D4? Because he decided that the IG-11 that only he could trust is just too big of a pain in the ass. Like, if these Jawas can't find it, then I guess maybe it really can't be found. I mean, I, that, when I think of mobility, me, I, mm-hmm. the last thing I think of is an astromech droid. The last thing. 
But if you remember, they can fly around now. They got jetpacks built into their arms. They can you hover. Think R five has a jet a functioning this particular R five jetpack. <laughs> yeah, right. I think they're supposed to be understood to be a lot more all terrain than they look when they have a, a little person inside wiggle them around. You know, like they they actually have motors and sophisticated ten thousand year old spacefaring technology built into them. God, but, it was know, so I, stupid I when it. they gave R two his jet his feet jets it, so dumb. i think it made so a lot dumb. of sense i think it made a lot of sense it, it, it only made sense in in how little sense the astromechs made in the first place but what? Yeah, I suppose. you've got I some suppose. astromech heresy what's wrong with astromechs i guess if you're gallivanting around in space some jetpacks come in handy Perhaps. yeah a droid that needs to fix your ship uh would have to be able to m- navigate in space Here's the thing, though. You're not going to need the power that lets you navigate in a gravity well Mm -hmm. uh, out in space. I don't, I I just, and those things look heavy, man. And those jets on their feet don't look substantial enough to get them moving around at high velocities in an atmosphere. But what do I know? What do I know? I have a question. Why did they program droids with sentience and a sense of self preservation when clearly it doesn't serve them? You know, like, why do you yes. need to have a courageous droid like R2-D2 that puts himself out there and gets himself blasted when it's like a coin flip? Like, what if R2-D2 is like a C-3PO type that's like shit in his pants, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, and uh, he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't ever stick his little dome out for anybody? Like, why don't well, they just... Knew. Well, but I'm saying is like, why do they do that? Like, yeah, I can see like purpose? maybe for an interpreter droid, you'd want a human interface that mm-hmm. you know can can simulate emotions. And but even then, you'd want like a suspend this affect. Like, I'm tired of see through PO shit. You shouldn't have to just like like Han Solo saw grabs three PO's mouth and like pin him against the bulkhead to make him shut up. Right? Uh-huh, like totally. And and they're they're, they're this widely racist towards droids it's not like there's a and some kind of social compunction about like we got to respect the droids autonomy because they're like mm-hmm. banned from doing this and banned from doing that they have restraining bolts that mm-hmm. like override their basic programming so that they can't like yeah i don't know it's i i like to store droids but they don't make a lot of sense because uh, I, this r5 unit just shitting itself at the idea of all <laughs> the things it's going to have to do i think is is pretty funny yeah, so this is actual R5-D4, and for people who don't remember, this is the red astromech that the Uncle Owen was going to buy um, when he bought C-3PO, and it turns out it malfunctioned, it had a bad motivator, and they had to get R2 instead. Uh, C-3PO mm-hmm. suggested that. Mm-hmm. I, I Boy, they have changed the, the lore around R5-D4 significantly since my time with Star Wars. Uh, it used to be that it just had a bad motivator and it exploded on the way back. And the Jawas were trying to pawn off a bad, a bad bot on the uh, uncle Owen and Baru. It turns out, I guess somewhere in uh, what legends is that what they're calling the, the older stuff mm, now? Yeah. Uh, R2 R five actually was sabotaged by R2 at some point. Uh, really? And, and blew up because of that. Hmm. I, I don't remember exactly why, but then they've retconned it again in 2017 in a series of short stories. Uh, R5 blew himself up or faked, actually faked a bad motivator, made Luke think it was a bad, bad motivator. It wasn't uh, in order to let R2 continue his mission to save the galaxy. So the droids worked it out among themselves. Because I also, again, I, I did. The, the God help me, I read Wikipedia today, and they uh, mentioned yeah, that the R fives are a budget line of astromechs, and I'm like, well, so they're gonna retcon that like these are just a shitty like ones with bad motivators, where R twos are like rugged, reliable units, and I'm that like, makes sense, I, I like mil spec stuff, right? Maybe R two is a mil spec droid, sure. uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and R fives are just <laughs> off the shelf, yeah, the shit versions. But yeah, and a D four. Oh my that. god, you get you maybe you get an R five, but a D four unit, those things, <laughs> right? No, notorious for the motivators. Yeah, it's just crazy to me that he would he would do that and just leave IG eleven as a scrap heap over on. That's why I'm saying there's no the way world. they're gonna they're they're gonna uh, our IG eleven is going to have an surely will have an appearance later on the season or I don't know what they're doing. Um, yeah. I do like uh, I always like Amy Sedaris. Um, mm-hmm. Does she has she always missed a tooth or is this a new feature for her? Oh, it might be new. I don't know. 
I thought I, I didn't notice her mis- like having one of her front teeth knocked out before, but uh, hmm. I don't know. Maybe that happened in one of the other spinoffs. But I love I love her and Grogu, and I really like Grogu like force jumping into her arms. Mm-hmm. It's super cute. Yeah, force assisted flip. Uh, her talking about you know, oh, you're really driving a hard bargain here. I got to work on Boonta Eve, like <laughs> that being the big race day. I guess that's I got a life. Yeah. I got I'm popular. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Good stuff. She so. What do you think about them reinstalling the droid socket? Like the whole selling point of the N1 was that it's got the Grogu port. And now Mm, like how long do you think we'll have this R5 be stuck with this R5? A while, I assume. The rest of the season? Yeah. And then uh, maybe. Okay. Okay. Here's what I think they're doing. They're training Grogu to pilot his own ship. Mm. right the navigate he's telling about navigation he's telling right. about the that this is important for a mandalorian to know uh-huh. he's gonna have his own ship into season and then you're gonna have mando and him flying side by side on their missions instead of grogu in his lap i can i can dig it what ship would he get because i feel like an n1 would have been great for for him maybe yeah. mando gets a new razor crest type ship and gives grogu the n1 Maybe Mando gets like a larger ship that the N one can dock with. Yes. All right. There we go. We need the perfect formula battle, of selling toys. Yeah. Pleasing fans. Oh yeah. Toys that dock and other toys. Come uh-huh. on. Come on. Nine 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 ninety nine at Christmas this year. Uh mm-hmm. the other thing is I I where do you stand on the Star Warsification of like common English phrases? Like, uh, I don't give a bantha poodoo for your opinion. Uh, or like Amy Sedaris yeah, no. uh, says, no chance cubes instead well, of no dice. No dice. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I always it's okay. think it's, I like it. it's good in moderation. If it starts becoming uh-huh. like some of the, do you remember some of the Rogue One books or Rogue Squadron books? They turned that shit up to like 13. No. Where not only did it have like swears like fracking, but like every page had some kind of like, uh, you know, I'm three... Uh, I, I'm three hyperspace motivators to the wind, or <laughs> okay, just a stit like that. It's like ah, duh, you know, it's you're really taking me out, really taking me out of the Star Wars of it all. Yeah, as if the people in Star Wars don't have sheets. Right, right. <laughs> I don't know. All right, uh, they arrive. They they head out. They arrive at uh, Mandalore, and Mando explains a little bit about the Mandalorians to Grogu. Uh, how he grew up on Concordia, which is a moon of Mandalore, and how Kalavala, I think it is, is in the same system, different planet, just kind of one orbit out here, and that's where Bo-Katan is. So she's close by. I figured like she'll show up at some point, and mm-hmm. boom, she does. Yeah, and it's also a good thing that Mando's teaching him how to navigate because he's going to use that here uh-huh. in about five, ten minutes. Um, hey, like I said, that's the thing that sets us apart from Boba Fett, um, it's pretty linear in terms of plot, but everything connects. You know, this is all tidy. Everything sure, pays off sure. within this episode, and uh, it it makes sense and feels good. Yeah, uh, they enter the atmosphere, which disrupts their off-world communications. They land, and they send their R five to analyze the atmosphere. Uh, R five goes around the corner and disappears, and Mando leaves Grogu in the ship, heads into the cave to find R five. Instead, he finds a bunch of aliens who attack him, and he fights them off with a dark saber. And then he finds R five, and they both head back to the ship. Uh, what do you think of the mines of Moria? I, I mean, Mandalore. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, I saw that comparison. Um, I thought they were pretty cool. I, I really like the the underground city that we have and i i don't know how this happened i assume this was above ground at some point like why would you have the city part of the mines underground also but i don't know how they would have got underground if they weren't already underground Hmm. because presumably the glassing that we see on the surface happened while the city was still functioning Hmm. Maybe that's like the there used to be a city on top of it, but all that's left is the undercity part, like the more mechanical, like mine. Like if you scrape the top off Coruscant, 
you'd still have a bunch yeah. of city below. Like these are the foundations of the buildings, or like okay. this is where all the mining equipment was stored before you know, like uh, Mandalorians would take off their what? I I don't know. There's no way Mandalorians don't mine, right? They probably had people for that. They had droids. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Trying to see like the Mandalorian to pickaxe, just like you know, bringing that best load, loading sixteen tons of Beskar to, and trading it in for credit at the company store. It just doesn't seem like it, but. Uh, <laughs> I thought the pits looked good. I thought the this is mm-hmm. another good use of I'm a presume the expanse uh, or the volume rather. Mm, yeah, yeah, could be. I look at it and it's like, man, it used to you, you, there used to be a, like a tail, like a slight telltale washed out appearance of the background, mm-hmm. but like, boy, it's really convincing. There's a couple of times where like Bo Katan and and Mando are doing a walk and talk where you can kind of like, oh yeah, this is the this is the volume for sure. But Band are doing a good job of hiding it. Um, yeah, it's cool. Uh, they're doing a good enough job that I'm not looking for it anymore. I'm yeah. like, ah, these effects are fairly seamless. So, uh, yeah, I, I like this. This is a pretty savage fight for a family film. You know, he's lopping arms off and impaling people, throwing them into bottomless voids. Um, mm-hmm. I like that he's he's still clumsy with the dark saber, but he's it's enough to at least get him out of this jam. And you're going to see the the contrast between him wielding it and Bo-Katan wielding it later. Right. And that's really knows what she's doing. the important part, yeah. Yeah. And he finds out the other important part for his journey as an apostate is he finds out that he has been uh, 100% lied to about the fate of Mandalore. And Bo-Katan, who he considers uh, an apostate uh, herself, um, or at least an infidel, it was it knew, the, knew the truth. Um, so that's got to be something rattling around in his old helmet. Yeah, there's something weird about that whole thing because, like, I, I guess Bo told him that he uh, told Mando that it was not cursed, right? Mandalore is not cursed, and he goes on about that in this episode and says, "Yeah, she was right. It's not." I think cursed. she said that last episode, wasn't? Didn't she? And he's yeah, going I, I think you're right. About, yeah. But then she says the exact opposite when she's down in the mines with Mando and I I don't know why. I thought it was a distinction because you know she's like it, it's not it, it's 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 still painful for her to see Mandalore ruined but the it's it's a fraction of what she feels to see the Mandalorians themselves divided against each other. Such a strong people fighting themselves instead of like the people who are responsible for their oppression or working together to try to reclaim because like uh, clearly Mandalore's fucked up, but not so fucked up you probably couldn't rebuild. But like all these sects and cults and the mm-hmm. uh, mythos and stuff are like that's her chief frustration. I thought as 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 different than like the fact that Mandalore is just you know kind of like biologically ecosystem. Lying, but it's not even she's the ecosystem hasn't collapsed. Like the uh, they they mention these Morlock looking things. Like they t- they tell us their names later on, but they're uh, they're the native species of that planet and they're thriving. So the atmosphere is not poisoned. It seems like the Mandalores uh, could could do just fine here. Potentially, yeah. Um, I don't know why they're not there. Uh, ideological reasons? Who knows? Uh, so they are back at the ship now. R5 says the atmosphere is fine to breathe. Um, apparently Mandalore isn't cursed. The... Mando gang goes back into the cave where they identify the civic center and float down beneath it into the sewers and they splash around through alien sewage for a while until they find a passage down to the mines. Uh, Mando gets grabbed by a giant robot and hauled off as Grogu sits by and does nothing. All those force powers does nothing. It's tough, man. You got to be focused and you got to free all your passion. And, and uh, it's his dad getting j- ganked by the cyber spider and he's all gripped up about it. Yeah. You know what? It, it, here's, here's the thing I got gripped up about. I, I was wondering about these, the waters in the mines of Mandalore, the living waters. Because I see where they're positioned. They're positioned b- beneath leaky sewers. I'm like... I think the waters are cursed because they're just sewage now. Like it's a, it's just it's a combination of alien, sure. alien feces and and mythosaur piss. That's what Pat <laughs> like, says. It's fifty percent alien feces, fifty percent mythosaur piss. Yep. Yeah, 
Yep. <laughs> that's that's why you're scared of the waters. That's why this place isn't sacred anymore. That's why there's only one mythosaur left. It's the only one strong enough to con- to, to take that concentration of its own urine. The only one dirty enough to like it. <laughs> it's like that guy in dodgeball. The rest of them left. It's sterile, and I like the taste. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. I just them being positioned under the sewers of Mandalore. What What do you think about this little cyborg dude? I I found it hard not to make comparisons to like General Grievous. In fact, totally. I thought his eye looked a lot like the eyes we see of General Grievous, and I wonder if they're like because I thought General Grievous was a one time deal. He's mm-hmm. an alien. They got fucked up and he got Darth Vader, essentially. Yeah. Uh, an alien version of Darth Vader. But like if this is the same species as whatever General Grievous was, I, like now it seems like they're retconning it that like this is just a, ba- a race of cyber cyborgs. Possibly. This one looks more robot. <laughs> more oh, robot yeah. than man He's, at if, this if point. If there's uh, anything left, it's an eyeball, right? Like just maybe yeah. half Grievous at least had a little bit of, of meat on his bones still, but sure. He had that sack of that lung sack or uh-huh. whatever to had uh-huh. had all of his, his guts in it. But it could be. It could be the same. Um it definitely was giving me strong Grievous vibes, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because man, they write these Wikipedia articles like with the speed. Like like less than six hours as this episode came out, there was a full fledged article about because I went to look up mythosaurs, mm-hmm. and th- like half the mythosaur article has to deal with this episode. Like huh. goddamn, like this stuff is being written at the speed of uh, I guess Disney Plus. Yeah, like I'm sitting there taking notes when I'm watching it. People must be sitting there updating Wikipedia to get yeah. credit. Yeah, and uh... or Wikipedia, sorry. It does seem like this stuff is massively interconnected with like Rebels and some of the mm-hmm. other animated stuff they're doing. To the extent that it's almost like spoilers if you're only watching Amanda, which something we'll be talking about later, I imagine. Yeah, probably. Um, the, the, speaking of selling toys, this seems like an alien designed to sell toys, right? It's in some kind of robot that I assume is a like a mining droid or a mining mm. exoskeleton, I guess, um, for this droid that goes inside of it. Uh, which has another droid in its head, which has the eyeball living inside of that. Yeah, it's like a modular cyborg system where you've got this head uh-huh. unit that can plug in the different frames. It's kind of neat, kind of neat. I yeah. liked it. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, so Mando's taken to the mines by this robot. Uh, spit roasted, apparently, which turns out to be uh, his cage for the most of the rest of the episode. Uh, Grogu tries to free Mando, but he's not strong enough. And alerts the alien in the attempt. Mando says, go get Bo Gatan. So Grogu flees in his pod, being attacked by aliens every step of the way. But he uses the force to get back to the ship. Yeah, it blows those Morlocks right out of their Morlock tunnel. I felt so bad for little baby Grogu when he jumps out of his pod. Because now he's just walking through alien sewage in bare feet. <laughs> sure. Does not have Beskar sure. boots. Just clomping around in that stuff. Maybe he's using the force to keep his his little dainty feet about a centimeter above <laughs> the the ground. He's got force socks on. Force yeah, booties. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I, that's that's one of the uh, that's one of the force uh, <laughs> affinities you could get with Kyle Katarn and Dart. You know, uh-huh. and Jedi Knight, right? Force force booties. Yeah. Force so you don't booties. have to walk. You don't have to walk through raw sewage. Yep the 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 force that binds all living things together just comes together and repels <laughs> shit. That's what it said right in the manual. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But it's cool. I, I was getting like strong grievous vibes, but also strong like nesting doll vibes out of this thing. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and you, it's progressive too. You see, like, oh well, it can get out of this mining exoskeleton thing, but it's not till a couple scenes later where we get to see it come out of its arm it's like a droid body. Yeah. Just be like this little skittering head thing. I thought that was sweet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's almost like, like a body horror, like in the thing, you know, you see this little head with spider legs and skitter around like, uh, Mm -hmm. but, uh, I I thought the design of it was really cool. Like it's like the spring trap. That's also a robot. That's also a detachable cage. That's all. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I, I mean, God damn it. There might be a Wikipedia article for this, but I, I did wonder like, what the fuck is he doing here? Like what? He's milking him. 
how does he live? Does he go and grab some Morlocks and and oh. milk them for their? Maybe, yeah, milks the the anti whatever they're called, uh, alamites. The alamites. He's milking the milk and alamites to, for their life juices, so he can keep Must his be. cyborg parts up. Hmm. Seems like a gross. Why would you pick Mandalore to live on of all places? I don't know. It's your home. I assume that's what the eyeball is like swimming in, right? Whatever he's extracting or trying to extract from Mando is probably what's in the casing around his fleshy bits. Could be. I thought he was extracting it for like his, yeah, like just to keep whatever his organics going. But uh, yeah, maybe he distills it to eyeball fluid. Yeah, looks similar in color. But uh, when Mando's ship shows up at Bogotan's castle without Mando, she decides to go after him. And they all take Bo's ship back to the caves on Mandalore. And Grogu shows her where they were, uh, despite being frightened. They run into some aliens while traversing the shit tunnels, and Bo kills him. Bo's ship is fucking cool. I really like that kind of like Imperial shuttle wing design, but it's in like a sleek fighter type of deal. I was a you sucker for these... ships that kind of transform. Like Slave One... Uh, the oh, well. Imperial Shuttlecraft, the, uh, uh, what is it, the B-1, yeah. uh, or the B-Wing. Uh-huh. It doesn't yeah. really transform, but I guess as the wings X-wing pop out, has it's... A yeah. little bit of that. Yeah. I, I, I was an attack like, position. I was, as a kid, really liked toys that transformed. I don't even start on Transformers, but I was, I was <laughs> like that, and I, I still am a kind of a sucker for something that, that shifts its function like this. Yeah, it can, it can be done well, and it can be done less well uh i think a foundation uh we watched that and had some real problems with some of the transforming ships yeah near the end of that yeah, that's true doesn't have not every transforming thing has to be cool for sure right but i thought this was pretty cool um but i yeah i um i like this kind of like you know you see this luke skywalker a lot where she's just kind of having a conversation with herself but grogu's there so it doesn't seem like she's crazy Mm-hmm. And she's filling them in about the past of the Mandalores and the Jedi, and, and her, uh, <laughs> which is hilarious to me. This, this, like you know, uh, I I knew a bunch of Jedi, you know, mm-hmm. back in the day. This is like the Star Wars version of telling your black friend, uh, the black dude, <laughs> about can't. your black friend, right? I totally. can't be I can't be racist against Jedi's. Uh-huh. So my, you know, uh-huh. my my dad used to hang around with a bunch of Jedi warriors. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I worked with a Jedi once. Mm-hmm. Good guy. Good guy. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely how I was reading it. Always, every time we had lunch, he always made this weird hand gesture on me and said, "You're not racist towards Jedi." And ever since, I just kind of <laughs> liked the guy. You know, uh, uh, I like seeing her detail her. Like personal, her family's involvement in this because she did rule yeah. over this place at one time, or at least her family did. Uh, mm. And her relationship to it is very different, I think, than a lot of other Mandalorians. And oh boy, there is so much. There is so much to be to know about her whole background. Oh, I, I, I guess this is like just just tons and tons of material uh, that people email to me, and I'm like, what? This Clone uh, War but, stuff? But yeah, yeah, Clone War stuff, Rebel okay. stuff. Oh, all right. Uh, some other Felony uh, and Favre project that the, they they started. I don't know if it's the bad. Yeah, because again, I do. I just watch cartoons. I'm never gonna watch the cartoons. Um, but like, oh boy, if you want to know, if you want to know Bo Katan, mm-hmm. uh, there's just apparently reams of of information about it and her royal family and the purge of Mandalore and all that stuff. Yeah, and we're we're getting enough here for me to follow it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I've never been scratched my head and be like, huh, I wonder what they're, except for the fucking space whales. I've never scratched my head and be like, huh, I wonder what they're getting at with this. Mm-hmm. All right, the alien robot begins milking Mando, but bo shows up and defeats the alien robot. Its head skitters away and inhabits the larger robot again and attacks her, and she manages to kill it. Uh, uh, boy, she's whipping ass with this Darksaber just immediately. It shows like... <laughs> I, I I don't know if it's where it belongs in her hands, but it definitely she's more comfortable with it than Mando is. Now, does this count as her winning it in the combat? Because Mando that lost it in combat. Question. She beat the man. She beat the thing to beat Mando. So, like, is the dark saber hers now? I don't know because she definitely didn't 
beat him in combat, but it was taken from him by force. Yeah. Like, does it it go, like, by complex Harry Potter wand rules where, like, if you beat the guy who beat the guy, then the the wand secretly transfers its allegiance to you? Or is it like you have to actually beat the Mando in an actual life or death duel? it, It feels a little cheap if this is the loophole that they get through really? to give her back yeah. the dark saber. Yeah. I, I wanted to see them deal with that conflict a little bit more, not just have it dissipate because Mando got mm. beat by somebody else. Cause I'm thinking like if it does, like if it doesn't transfer position the power to her, then her discovering the mythos or gives her another, avenue towards being supreme Mandalorian leadership because it seems like just from what I know from this episode that if you can tame a Mandalore you essentially uh it's like uh you 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 also it's another like man every Mandalore would acknowledge you as their leader if you come into town riding a mythosaur yeah yeah which you know there again you know uh Mando keeps the dark saber as her prince consort she rules as the mythosaur riding queen and everything you know mm-hmm. we we get the, the, the two tokens <laughs> of mandalorian power in the right hands um but yeah. i was thinking like if she also got the if she also got the dark saber can you imagine someone riding a mythosaur in a battle with the dark saber like every mm-hmm. fucking mandalore dead mandalores would spontaneously resurrect to follow this woman yeah right i here i so what do you think the capabilities of the mythosaur are? I actually didn't do any reading on the mythosaur, so I don't know. Can it leave the waters? Can it can it run around on I, land? I think Does so. It have legs? Since they said that the like Mandalore himself apparently uh-huh. tamed one of these beasts and used it as a steed, so it implies that they can get out of the water. But there's not there's not okay. a ton of information. Actually, I that. I, that's why I said like half of the mythosaur article is text verbatim shit that the Bo Katan said. Uh, what the plaque said and all this in other this stuff. episode, yeah, 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 yeah. So I think they're doing a little bit of myth building themselves. Um, it's just funny this thing's called a mythos war. Like it's almost like you know cryptoid or something. Like it's a fictional oh, beast, yeah, yeah. but it's uh, it's it's really real. I like the I like the uh, detail that because uh, I've always wondered like why is the symbol of the Mandalorians this weird goat skull looking thing? Mm-hmm. And apparently it's the skull of this uh, this mythosaur. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I liked it. Do not remove your helmet. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three row all electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Here are the highlights coming up this week on Bald Move. All new Pulp and Prestige this week. On Tuesday, we'll cover the latest episode of The Walking Dead, The Ones Who Live on Pulp. And on Thursday, we'll catch up with the latest Samurai subterfuge on FX Hulu's Shogun. Then on our House of the Dragon feed, Anthony puts on his Maester's class on Monday. And then on Thursday, Steve joins him for Electric Bookaloo as they continue their discussion of George R. R. Martin's A Clash of Kings. You'll find these and many of our other great podcasts by searching for Bald Move Pulp or Prestige in your favorite podcast app. This is the way. Back to the podcast. Here's more Tribe of Two. All right, Mando wakes up because he's been passed out after being milked uh, and tells Bo that she was right. Mandalore isn't cursed, but she doesn't see it that way since it's completely destroyed, I guess. Um, She tells Mando to rest, but he's determined to continue on his redemption arc and she decides to go with him. I thought she says she's not so sure that it isn't cursed. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. 
Right. So, so I think she's like the real curse of Mandalore is what it's is, is what this conflict has done to our people, turning uh, us against ourselves, our natural strength against. I think that's what she was getting at there. Okay. Yeah, that but, makes sense. Um, yeah, apparently uh, she's she's making pog soup, um, mm-hmm. and it's like I think that's also this interesting kind of cultural thing. It's like you know Mando has these very strong ideas of what makes a Mandalore. And she's like, how in the world can you call yourself a Mandalorian if you never had pog soup, you know? (laughs) Look, I just don't like the flavor of cardboard. Come on. (laughs) Um, I, uh, we didn't talk about this, but I didn't know if they had this last season, but I really like Bo-Katan's little force or the little electrical shield she's got. I think that's such a fucking cool, like this little shield, this little shield buckler she can call into action anytime she wants. It's, It's so fucking cool. And it looks extra awesome in the darkened minds too. It does. Yeah, it does. It's got that little lightsaber neon kind of. It really sets off everything. The light mm-hmm. does a lot for the lighting. Definitely. Um, but uh, uh, it, it's a it's a weird thing to ask when you wake up uh, after being saved. I, I guess he's out of it. He's really out of it. I'll give him this. But he asks like, "How did you find me, dude? You're the guy who told Grogu to go find her." Presumably to bring her back. You know how he found you, or how she found you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but did 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 he like black? Like, is it just like one of those things where like you get a little bit of amnesia because you got a blow in the head and he's yeah I disorientated see. and he just got milked? So <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's scene. I didn't like that man. I did not like whatever juices. What are the juices coming out of him? It's, uh, <laughs> it's Mando juice. I don't know what you want from me, man. I don't look like blood. I don't know where you're getting this. Uh, oh, I, oh, is it because the hose to, is try, colored? I'm and... trying to yes Andy as much as possible, but I just thought he was just <laughs> sucking the blood out of him. And All he right. needs it for All his, right. his, I thought his it was uh, like, biological parts. I thought it was like an amberish looking yeah, fluid. What would like, he I can only think what of what would he be sucking out of Mando? Right, yeah. You're obsessed with urine and feces today, Jim. <laughs> Sorry. You My God. The sewers, I, I can't help it. <laughs> I'm like a mythosaur that way. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, let, let's keep moving, I guess. Um, this, so why does she offer to escort him to the living water? Does she take pity on him? Is she hoping that like, if she shows him that this is like not a big deal and it's not yes. magic at all, that he will eventually stop being so fucking awkward? What is that? So that's your yeah, take her on thing it? about don't thank me until you see him. She's expecting him mm. to get there and be extremely disappointed in what he finds. She's going to be extremely disappointed because he, he clearly is having a religious experience when they get there. Oh, but yeah. I guess we'll, we'll get there first. Uh, yeah, well, let's do it. Um, they walk and talk about the destruction of Mandalore and their people. Eventually, they reach the mines. Uh, Bo reveals that she's been to the waters in her family's ruling past. Um, I, I don't know how far you want to go because this is like the end of the episode here. Right. Okay, well, let's stop because I, I did think it was interesting. Like if you if I asked you when you thought the purge of Mandalore happened, what would you have said before this episode? hundreds of years ago <laughs> and i thought it was like in yeah like in like in uh-huh. antiquities right but like right. bo's framing it as like she was a little girl it happened maybe in her lifetime yeah it, yeah it definitely happened in her lifetime that not not that like mandalore's any kind of decline it was like a, a vibrant place with a ruler and complex culture and all have... the stuff and then it was i i looked up on wikipedia apparently this happened a year or two before the battle of yavin I was going to say I should have put this together given that the, it was the Empire that did the real destruction, but like mm-hmm. I just, my brain wasn't making that connection. I had, yeah, right. It had to be an Imperial thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the Empire's been around all that long. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's not it's, in its current uh, form. And then this is the other thing is like, it seems like the Empire was just really good at destroying something so well that something was a myth like 20 years on like that's always something i you know mm-hmm. like han solo was talking about ancient weapon you know ancient religions and hope hokey religions and ancient ancient weapons 20 years after the jedi were the police yeah in anakin's lifetime great, right great republic yeah like what the fuck how how did they do this so so thoroughly but apparently they just can and we see a little bit in the andors like you know that they have this like eastern Bloc, east germany police state where they can just completely manipulate the information and rewrite news feeds and do all this kind of stuff so like maybe they do have that kind of power yeah seems like it i mean like it's like if you have the power to destroy worlds 
yeah you can destroy a lot of the the information true that, about that world too right just by the sheer scale of the destruction yeah, yeah. And I, but that's you know that they can they can destroy the Mandalorian culture so thoroughly that Mandalores that should have been there when it's a lot are like you know have, have been divided and scattered and have all these legends about their own homeworld. It's 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 amazing how thorough they are. Yeah, I mean that's why you know it's it's an obvious uh, parallel to the Nazis, right? Wanting to wipe out uh, not not just the people but the idea that, right. that the people the ideas of those people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we reach the living waters. Uh, Mando strips off his jetpack and his weapons and wades into the waters, reciting the Mandalorian oath. He suddenly plunges, plunges deep into the waters, and Bo dives in after him. She finds him, pulls him up to the surface, coming face to face with the mythosaur in the process. Um, the big thing I took away from this scene is Bo's changing disposition. Uh, on Mando's faith. That's yeah. Thing. You see when he's walking into the waters reciting this oath, there's something on her face that says, this man believes deeply in this thing. Maybe I'm wrong about it. I don't know if it's that. It's more of like... It's not that like profound, you're that, but it's like a curiosity about it, certainly. I think... Uh, um I think what she's realizing is that this, even though this is silly and childlike, this has immense power. Like you see, um, mm-hmm. I, I thought as our, the earlier scene where he's, she's talking about her father and he's like, oh, he's an interesting man. I wish I knew him. And she goes, he was a great man. He died defending Mandalore. And when he looked at her and just said, this is the way, but he said it with like mm-hmm. reverence. Like you can yeah. tell that this is like, you know, Mando's have a lot of ideas. Mandalorians have a lot of ideas about how they should die, how they should live. How, but like, I'm sure at the by bedrock, like what they all secretly hope for if they die as a warrior is like to die to protect Mandalore. Oh my God, mm-hmm. that's like the greatest thing you could ever do or be. And like that had, cause she's everything is every very ironic and jaded and sour grapes with her. But like Mando's like childlike yeah. appreciation of faith of the culture is kind of like seeing her like, I don't maybe believe this myself, but look at the power it has. Look at what it compels. Like these, these, these stupid beliefs. Look at how they, they compel and inspire him. And maybe I, mm-hmm. I don't know whether she's going to be a little bit more reverent towards her own culture maybe not to the extent that she wears a mask all the time or if she's like yeah, thinking yeah. i can use this oh like these symbols and things that i've scorned maybe i should lean even more into and then seeing this mythosaur this like nearly mm. mythical beast like now it's like she's putting it all together but that's a little bit more cynical maybe she is yeah. like maybe the mythosaur maybe this like seeing you know uh like having jesus meet you on the road to damascus like it's a it's a conversion mm-hmm. moment for her it's possible, um, and with as fast as it moved to get us to the minds of Mandalore here, it might move quick in that conversion as well. Um, but I, yeah, it's it's interesting too to think about the last time she saw one of these ceremonies. She was a child, right? It didn't mean the same thing to her as it might mean to someone who has spent the last 20, 30 years thinking about these things and then the legacy of Mandalore. Um, she, she probably has a very different view seeing this go down as an adult than she does as a child, as a child, it was just some, a curiosity, maybe, you know, a thing that like, Oh, I've been told this is why we do this thing. But now seeing someone still doing this, still practicing this in the face of everything Mandalore has been through, uh, it's probably different. Yeah, and it's like it's also a contrast. Like you know, her experience at these waters taking her creed. There was like a huge crowd there, and she was lavished with gifts. Like it's this big bat mitzvah thing that you know. It's like oh, I got an iPad and I got you know. Yeah, it's, Mando, it's more about ceremony and just tradition, right? Like this, we do this because we do this. And we see wow, the children of the watch, how they do their little ceremony, and how it's like there uh-huh. was no. It was a very solemn thing. There wasn't cheering. There wasn't gifts. This was just like this mm-hmm. is a a responsibility and obligation and duty that you're taking on. And um, it's just the the contrast between his experience of this Mandalorian culture and and her own like privileged, a little bit more worldly take on it, I I think is really interesting. Yeah. I think of like um, maybe a family sitting down to supper together. Right. And the way the kids view that 
as sort of like a burden and just this annoyance like oh the, mm. do we really have to sit here and talk about our days and the way the parents <laughs> view it right it's so yeah. much more meaningful for them sure yeah it's the kind of dichotomy I'm, I'm i'm seeing her feel in this moment and i think mm-hmm. it's it's really good really well done uh but that's the end of the episode man it's you know these are half hour affairs uh they're yeah. fun they're it light goes down easy Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get the feedback, shall we? We yeah, got a little. We got a, we got a smattering. We actually got a fair amount of feedback, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. So first of all, Mando at baldmove.com is how you send us feedback. Um, I don't know how much that I want to get into the deep lore. Like I don't mm. know that I want people to tell me that uh, you know Bo-Katan has a sister Betty, and she turned evil, and she did yeah. like the children of the watch or an offshoot of the watch that she set up that was actually a Timex watch. But then <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, she had an expedition, and her sister had a weekender, and they fought over who got the watch. And I, I, I don't, I, I, guys, I don't want to offend anybody that is really steeped in this lore, but I truly don't care. And uh, I suspect a lot of people watching this show don't care. And I feel like if this show wants me to care about it, I'm going to put the burden of them enlightening me about what these connections are. And they like sure. they need to bring the sister. I need to see the damn watch. I, I need to fair. see them wind it. I need to hit him see the in the glow setting. I need that. I I, I can't. Yeah. I just I, I I can't be pushed to. Like I said, I'll, I read a Wikipedia article if something's interesting to me. But like I started reading in some of this stuff about the expanded Mando lore and the purge and all that stuff, and like my eyes crossed because he's getting to just it's just a pile of wheelbarrows. It doesn't mean you know, anything this, to you because you haven't experienced yeah, it with these characters. Rin Sabine yeah. once took the Darp saber and she twirled it into. And I'm like, I fuck, I don't know who said. I don't even know how to pronounce this person. Same with Ahsoka, what they, right? Yeah, all, exactly. all that stuff. Just, yeah, I can't. Like, I, I, until I didn't they know bring it up. I had no idea who the fuck Ahsoka was until season mm-hmm. two of The Mandalorian, and I, I liked her all the same. So, like, I'm not saying not to keep there, keep sending that because this might be a very unpopular opinion. Uh, I might get a lot of feedback saying, no, I need that. And, and then maybe I'll just I'll, I'll read this, but like, I honestly don't get a lot of, out of it. So, having said that, uh, the feedback that I, I I thought was interesting. Tamara said, uh, they're purgial dudes. You probably received 100 emails from Star Wars completists, but tell Jim they will show up again. They're kind of important. Uh, these are these oh. these are the space whales. Apparently, there is a species ah, right. of space whales called the purgial or purgal, and they can natively navigate hyperspace. Nice. And there's some connection. The reason that people are super excited is there's some way in the lore connected to Grand Admiral Thrawn. And oh. anyone hmm. who was a Star Wars fan for 30 plus years probably has some excitement about hearing the name Grand Admiral Thrawn. Sure. Uh, I certainly do. But uh, yeah. I'll, yeah. we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. I thought Moff Gideon was going to be essentially the wink wink. This is Admiral Thrawn. But hmm. we're not going to do Admiral Thrawn because we legend him out. But apparently not. <laughs> Uh, Rui says there's something about the last episode of the Mandalorian that got me confused. And since you didn't touch upon it in the uh, podcast, here it goes at Navarro. Din Jaren seems determined to recruit IG 11 to help him explore the planet Mandalore. Since the droid needs some rare component, we assume Din's next stop would be to find it. But instead he goes directly to the Mandalore system and expresses his intention to reclaim Mandalore with Bo-Katan. What confuses me is that it seems like we are skipping a step here. Shouldn't he go after the memory drive first? Do, probably I, do you i mean that I, they don't explain this and mm-hmm. i didn't even take it as a like like i didn't even pick up on it as a as a weird misstep but i thought it's like well i really want ig11 to i trust him to go down there and do a thorough job of checking the atmosphere and to be tough enough to meet any threat that he sees but you know it's better than ig11 bo katan she wanted to reclaim gotcha. mandalore Maybe I can, I got like, it's like one of those things where it's like, well, it's on the way to tattooing anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I might as well stop by and just see, <laughs> because if she's got a whole Mandalorian battle squad, that's, that's ready to escort me back. And, and, you know, they think a lot of my fighting ability, maybe that's a boon for them too. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. That's, that's what I thought anyway. Danny says, you'd think that Mando would just whip that. Uh, he's talking about the Darksaber. So you'd think that Mando would just whip the Darksaber out like a boss and say, listen here, 
and assumed the authority of the armorer would go out the window and he would have the entire group following him on whatever side quest he finds himself in. Being that uh, the, all the expansion of Mandalorian culture and stuff came from the animated series that were ran by the double Fs, that's Filoni and Favre, uh, they have a handle on it more than anyone else. I feel like it might be an unforced error. Even if I don't like it, the mouse knows they have us by the balls and we will watch, bitch, and then watch again until the end of time because most of us just have Star Wars in our DNA now and we just want to go that to that galaxy far, far away and get away from whatever else is going on for apparently something like 37 minutes at a time. See, that's where they got you, my friend. You need to... You need to sever your own balls to get away from the mouse. If it's a good mm-hmm. feel, like we we broke free, only came back into the fold when they gave us some good fucking Star Wars in the form of Andor. I didn't, I didn't see, I didn't yeah. see the Obi Wan series that I hear sucks, except True. for like five minutes of lightsaber combat. I'm not going to see the Ahsoka series unless people uh like uh, it gets 99 percent on imdb and everyone says it's amazing i'm definitely it's, not going back to book of boba fett <laughs> definitely not going back to the book of boba fett just just like uh you know when when they, they serve up something some proper fucking star wars consume it otherwise reject it it's the only way yeah. we can we can make the mouse listen to reason mm-hmm uh, I don't know. I, I wonder that myself. Like when the armor is like, oh, you're not a Mandalore anymore. Just <laughs> look at this dark saber that everyone's already told me means I lead Mandalore in. <laughs> I am Mandalore. What I say, go. I'm the only one. In fact, I'm the only one that can wear a helmet. You all have to wear your helmets backwards now. <laughs> I, I don't. It's not. It, it's is it, he has so much reverence for it and he knows that he's not worthy. So he doesn't take it upon himself it. to do that. Yeah. That feels right. Yeah. I wonder how, like, how well they would stick to that, too. Like, if... Uh, but if you like had that e, much reverence, like he wouldn't have taken the helmet off up, in the man. first place, right? Hmm. Like, he, he he wasn't forced to take his helmet off in, in at least one of the times he took his helmet off. But the one I think that's counting against him, he took it off voluntarily for to save Grogu. So he yeah, loves Grogu more than the code. Right. So he's not that devoted. Enough. He's not that devoted. A true devotee of the Mandalore way would have let Grogu <laughs> suffer would whatever fate was coming. Die. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't. Uh, the, the other thing is, like, I, how committed to this uh, Darksaber are they? Like, if C3PO finds a Darksaber <laughs> on an abandoned planet, picks it up, do they all worship him like Ewoks? Uh huh. Yeah. Oh no! I guess what they would do is the Mandalore would just challenge him to combat and kill him and take it. Yeah, cut like his almost off, happened man. to the man, the, the to to uh, Jin last season. Maybe mm-hmm. that's the other reason why Jin is shy because he thinks like, was he want to just fend off an endless uh, line of people that want to take dark saber from him? Yeah, if those people exist, I don't know. Uh, Double T's, our final email, says, Hey guys, if episode two was far, the far better, more eventful and exciting episode as the word on the street predicts, this was sent just hours before the new episode dropped. Mm-hmm. Would they have been better to release both of the first two together? They did that with Andor and releasing the first three, and that worked out very well. Maybe since Mando is such a hit show already, they don't need to bother with such things, but the first episode was a bit underwhelming. I don't know that I agree that it was underwhelming, and but this has definitely got a bigger hammer to drop at the end. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you're right. They don't need to entice people to watch Mando. People are watching Mando uh, regardless. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I guess I like don't necessarily agree. I, I wasn't underwhelmed by the first episode, let's say. I think it's a big, it's a thing. It's like, it seems like they like, uh, that they do that for shows that they think are maybe unproven. And also like, I think, uh, as much as I like Andor, I think the first three episodes, with the exception of the end of the third episode, is particularly weak. Like, it's not For representative of the season as as a whole. Um, so, like, I, that made a lot of sense. But like you said, this is the third season of Mando. You're going to either watch Mandalorian or not. Yeah, And totally. I feel like they, they probably made the right decision to, to do those weekly. And it's just a different thing. Like it's they're these thirty minute episodes. They're just like it's a Saturday. It's a Saturday. True. It's a live action Saturday morning cartoon. I think it's a good one. It's like Disney's Gargoyles. That was a fucking awesome cartoon. I love that shit. That shit was cool. It was Shakespeare. I was 12 years old. I mean, what do you <laughs> want to do? But like, 
it's it's still a car you know it's 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 not the wire it's not dune it's not you know the godfather the mm-hmm. mandalorian uh that's going to do it for us mando at baldmove.com unless you have something else jim nope uh twitter.com slash baldmove if you want to keep up with all of our latest releases we're wrapping up the last of us this week uh we are also in the middle of the throes of a picard star trek picard watch uh, if you want to see a show that we really like to rip on uh yellow jackets a really great show on showtime is returning next week we're going to be covering that i'm mm-hmm. always leaving something out did i get everything i think so i think so uh and john wick john wick will be out in a couple weeks where we do first run movies too so if you want to follow along with everything we do check out twitch dot or god dang it twitter.com slash bald move that'll do it for this week's mando uh until next week i'm aaron and i'm jim see ya